Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. Hey, you're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show Yet again, guys, the Tar Heels are doing amazing, which means we have a special broadcast for you today, streaming on all social channels, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you name it. We're here today to talk about a continued conversation on is the healthcare in the United States good? Is it working? Are we surpassing all areas of taking care of our citizens? Are we a healthy nation? And I hate to say this, guys, but let's just go into some basic, basic facts. We're doing terrible, like horrific. There are 32 countries in the world, supposedly according to the uh, Commonwealth Fund, an independent group of researchers who studied, watch this, how good is healthcare in the U.S. compared to Germany, France, Sweden, Norway, Japan, uh, Netherlands, New Zealand, South Korea, Sweden, Switzerland, United Kingdom, and Africa. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So I have a question for those of you watching our live stream. How well do you think we did? Numero uno, number one in the world. Uh, number five, number seven, 13. How about 32? Like, did we get an F? Did we get a C? Did we get a D? an A, an A plus, where are we in regards to the health of the nation? And I know what you're going to say. Oh, Dr. Ernst, you're probably saying we're 32 out of 32. Like we know it. We're the fattest, sickest, most prescribed. Yeah, that's what they said. The Commonwealth Fund, an independent research group said of all the countries in the world, the U.S. got a big fat F minus. <laughs> now, listen, I'm going to say this because you know that our goal with this show, this podcast, our clinics is to teach people how to take care of themselves. We equip and empower you to become your own doctor. I don't care what country, even if it was like number two, uh, Japan, for example, like uh, if they, if they have a really good healthcare system, it's still failing miserably because it's not true healthcare. It's sickness care. So listen to these stats, guys. The United States spends more money on any other, or sorry, spends more money on healthcare than any other country in the world. Yet here's what's crazy. If you were to give birth in the U.S., did you know you have a higher chance of that baby and the mom dying than any other country in the world? You could give birth in the Sahara Desert of Africa, the plains of the Congo, the African forests uh, on a volcanic island in Fiji and have better luck living and surviving that birth than the United States. That's the kind of an odd question to state, isn't it? We have the lowest life expectancy at birth and the highest rate of people with multiple chronic diseases, according to the Commonwealth Fund. <laughs> the report says, and I quote, Americans are living shorter, less healthy lives because the healthcare system in the U.S. is not working, says the author. I'm going to butcher this. Munari Junjana. M-U-N-I-R-A. Munari Junjana. J-U-N. 
J-A. Anyway, the senior researcher says, in order for the United States to catch up, like to get out of space 32 and get up into at least the top 10, the administration and the government and Congress would have to expand access to healthcare, aggressively cut costs, and invest, ready for this, in health equity and services that lead to prevention and a healthier population. Ding, 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 ding. People in the U.S., did you know this? We see our physicians less often, which is kind of crazy to think because to me, the hospitals are book solid. The neurologists are booked out till October. No joke. I was trying to refer a patient to a neurologist here in Charlotte because they needed something. They had something in their scans on their brain that I did not like. And I said, look, you got to get that looked at. An MRI of your brain. I can't do those. We called the local neurology clinic. And I said, Hey, my name is Dr. Ernst. I'm referring a patient. What's the soonest I could get in. And the PA said October of this year. And I'm like, it is February. Are you sure? Did you like, uh, do you have the wrong year pulled up? Maybe was that 2023? Like how about a week from today? She goes, we are 100% book solid until October. That's a problem guys. <clears throat> We see our doctors less often than every other country in the world. Did you know this? In 2021, 8% of the U.S. population was uninsured. Now, the article is heavily medically oriented. They're blaming 8.6% of Americans don't have insurance. That's why we're so sick. Because like in you know France, for example, 100% of French people have insurance. If it's a universal healthcare system. Listen to the quote. Not only is the U.S. the only country that we study that does not have a universal health care coverage. Did you know that? Every other country except for us, it is a given right of you living in that country to have a health care coverage. Uh, it says the health care system itself discourages the use of its services. So in the U.S., our very system of health care prevents people from getting health care, according to the researchers. They say the reason for this is Americans can't afford insurance. There's high out-of-pocket costs even if you have insurance. And half of the working age adults say, I'm not going to go to my doctor because I have no need to. Now watch this. We see our doctors less than every other country. We have more money spent than every other country. Seems odd, doesn't it? And yet we are the sickest, fattest, and most you know, overprescribed nation in the world. The researchers looked at how does the U.S. compare to Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, South Korea, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom, and other high-income earning countries. Now watch this. Ready? This is where it gets fascinating. The data showed that the U.S. spends two times the amount of money than the average country and four times more than the winners, South Korea, New Zealand, and Japan. So who are the healthiest countries according to the Commonwealth study? South Korea, New Zealand, and Japan. It makes you wonder what are they doing there that we aren't doing here. Globally, it says the U.S. has the highest rate of people with chronic health conditions 
and also the highest rates of obesity. And I know this is going to sound strange, but like I actually sometimes buy clothes from Korea, Vietnam, New Zealand, Japan, like, like this shirt, for example, this came from Vietnam. It is a triple XL shirt. Yet it fits me like a glove and I'm a size medium, medium technically. I'm a small medium, US. So how is it that this is a extra, extra large there? But here it's me because we are fat. We're really fat as a nation. You could also say, well, they're not as tall as we are. Like, you know, a Korean individual is probably like five foot one as the tallest. Yeah, sure. But like, they're still real thin. Did you know this? The life expectancy from birth to death in the U.S. is 77 years of age. Like that should make you go because in Japan, they have the highest level of centurions on the planet. What does that mean? Well, they have more people in their country living to 100 by capita. Total number of people in Japan, number of centurions, total number of people in the United States, how many people over the age of 100. And we were like, we were terrible, horrific. And I know what you're thinking. Well, God, Dr. Ernst, I don't really want to live to be 100. The last 100-year-old I saw looked like they were decrepit and falling apart. That's because 100 in America is not 100 in Japan. Are we getting the value for our money spent? I'm going to ask you guys this question. Hey, if you're on the live stream, somewhere down there is either Facebook chat, Instagram chat, Twitter chat, Gmail chat, YouTube chat, daily motion chat, whatever we're on. Are, <coughs> excuse me, are Americans getting the value for the money spent? Ready? Last year, 2023, the U.S. spent 4.7 capital T trillion on healthcare. On a per capita basis, that is two times the sum of all the other countries in the world. Nevertheless, we are sicker, fatter, and more prescribed than them all. So if we could spend $4.7 trillion on sickness care, could you imagine, I'm just going to throw this out, if we just said, get rid of healthcare in its entirety. Nobody has Blue Cross, Edna, UHC, da da da, shut down the hospitals, shut down it all, adopt Japan's plan. What do they do in Japan? Acupuncture, oriental medicine, chiropractic, physiotherapies. And only, listen, in Japan, you only see an MD if the alternatives, as we see them in the US, don't work. Over there, just so you know, when you get a cold, like you wake up with a runny nose, fever, cough, congestion, sniffles, they don't pound Robitussin. They go to their local oriental medicine doctor, probably get acupuncture all over their face, and they leave with some sort of an herb. And if that doesn't work, then they go see a MD. And even then, the MDs aren't like, hey, you know, like, let's just pour Tussin all over you and that'll make you feel better. They don't really go after symptom management. Do they have doctors who do surgeries and all this kind of stuff and prescribe drugs? Yeah, but it's not the first line of therapy. Is our healthcare system failing us? The answer is yes. Time Magazine ran a survey. Listen to this. 70% of U.S. adults surveyed said the American healthcare system is failing. It was only 2,500 people in the survey. And they said, why are we doing so bad? A, it's impossible to get care. Note, 
I tried to get a patient who has something physically growing in their brain. I can see it on the x-ray. It was a mass circle into a neurologist here locally in Charlotte. I call Atrium and Novant. Hey, my name is Dr. Ernst. I need to speak to the neurology department. Please hold. They transfer me. They pick up. I'm a physician. I'm referring a patient. Okay. Blah. Give the information. What's the first availability? October of 2024. Are you serious? What if it was a medical emergency? Send them to the ER. Well, I, I, I want them to see a neurologist. October of 2024, Dr. Ernst is our first opening. That something's wrong with that, guys. Cost was the next biggest criticism. Now, just think about this. If you wanted an ultrasound done on your shoulder and you pay cash for it, it's like uh, 1700 bucks. Is that a lot? Yes, that machine doesn't even cost that much. <laughs> I can buy an ultrasound machine for like $400, just so you guys know. The thing is, I don't know how to use it and or read them, so you're paying mostly for the physician's technique and skill. But $1,700. Now, if you go to Mexico and you get an ultrasound on your shoulder, it costs like $55. If you go to the United Kingdom, it would be free because they have universal health insurance. Next, it says, many respondents said, it takes too long to get an appointment. That was 31% of people. It's too expensive, 26% of people. My insurance doesn't cover the therapy, 23% of people. And 19% of them said, it's failing because there's no wellness and prevention. Now think about this. When's the last time you were like, hey, I'm just going to call up my MD. Dear MD, I'll just call him John for the sake of the argument. John. It's patient Ernst. I'd like to see you next week so you can tell me how well I'm doing with my health. Patient is told, what? Uh, we see sick people. It's kind of like that movie. You remember this? Uh, I see dead people. The sixth sense. Uh, medical doctors see sick people. So if you're very well, you're like, I've got nothing wrong. In fact, I feel great. I'm super energetic. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm on top of the world and I want to come in and I want you to tell me how good I am at preventing heart disease and cancer and diabetes. Like, how's my prevention scores? They literally can't do this, guys. Whereas if you were to come into my clinic, asymptomatic, hey, Dr. Ernst, I think I'm doing pretty good. I'd like to see if you can tell me, are there any areas that could be red flags? Come on in, man. We have red flag exams. We can find things you might not even know are going on. In fact, I had a patient the other day. She did not know she was already into prediabetes. She did not know she had prehyperthyroid. She did not know she had heavy metal toxins. She knew she was tired a little bit, but she just thought it was life and growing up and having kids. But no, man, it's like I'm sensing red flags. Hey, if you're listening to my voice and you're looking for a red flag exam, head on over to AskDrArns.com, top right-hand corner. For you guys, there's the right-hand corner. And it just says free consult with Dr. Ernst. Click it, fill out the information. You know we're doing a huge masterclass in like, what, two weeks, I think? I got to pull the calendar. Are we live? Yes, we're live. Did I forget to pull a calendar? I did. Uh, it is two weeks, yes. Well, a little less than two weeks, actually, because today is the second. Can you believe it? March already. And we're in March Madness, which is why I keep getting preempted. But the ninth, okay, next Saturday, guys, like we're going to have probably 500-plus people online for free learning how to find out do I have diabetes even if I think I don't and does this cause a problem and if I do have diabetes how do I get out of it so I don't have to inject you know lizard venom yes yeah, no no joke guys lizard venom ozempic wagovia I can't even pronounce half these things Berjeruvov. yeah am I gonna inject lizard venom 
You would never consciously do it, but you are if you're doing Ozempic. It is synthetic lizard venom. The venom of this lizard called the Glia Gia monster lizard. If you get bit by this thing as a rat, your stomach is paralyzed. You have a sugars drop so low you go into an induced coma and you can't move so the lizard can eat the rat. You know what these researchers found out, guys? They're like, uh, I wonder if we could like, you know, synthesize that. And instead of the venom killing a human being, could we have it paralyze its stomach, weight loss? Could we have it drop its blood sugars, diabetes approved, but not kill them? Well, actually it would kill them, but they just would know that they're being killed because it would be a slow death over the next 45 years. They're gonna lose muscle mass, but they're gonna lose weight, so they're gonna be okay with it. They're gonna have digestive issues. Did you know a non-disclosed side effect? Guys, this is disgusting. This is like, go to the Facebook groups for the Ozempic people, rectal incontinence at night. These people crap their beds, guys. They can't control their stool when they sleep, so they wake up in a pile of their own waste. I'm not kidding you. It is a non-disclosed symptom of using Ozempic. You gave yourself a shot. Your sugars went down. You lost three pounds. You woke up in the morning. You were rolling around your own feces. Why? It's lizard venom. If you don't believe me, go to Google, the greatest you know, AI doctor right now. ChatGPT, you can even ask and say, is Ozempic lizard venom? And you know what's funny? Let's do this live time, you know, cause I'm, I, I don't know, I'm feeling the mood for this, ready? Uh, let's ask, and you know what's really cool? I, I upgraded my ChatGPT, watch this. Hey, ChatGPT, is Ozempic made from lizard venom? Ozempic isn't made from lizard venom. It's a medication used to treat type two diabetes. It works by mimicking the effects of a hormone called GLP-1 to help regulate blood sugar levels. So, no lizards involved. See, what they're not telling you is, is that it's a synthetic peptide from the lizard venom. ChatGPT, is Ozempic made synthetically from the glia lizard venom? Actually, Ozempic isn't directly from lizard venom this is ridiculous you know they've infiltrated chat gpt go to google type it in and guess what comes up oh you're gonna find out chat gpt is being paid by big pharma and it's listening to me right now <laughs> wouldn't it be fun oh my god jocelyn we should do this let's do an interview with chat gpt next week we're gonna ask chat gpt the tough questions because it can talk now that's pretty cool if you didn't know it it's just a feature you say let chat gpt talk okay so uh, we're 18 minutes into a fun show today. What is the reason that the American healthcare system is failing? Ready? Number one, and this is all according to the Commonwealth study. Preventable medical errors are not being kept in check. A recent study from Johns Hopkins found out that 250,000 people die every year in the U.S. because of a medical mistake. A quarter of a million Americans just left this planet because a doctor went whoops and cut something or yikes, I gave them the wrong drug and they died. A quarter of a million a year, guys. There is statements that says the leading cause of death in the US is not cancer and heart disease. Those are diseases, but the doctors themselves, you can Google this, is American healthcare more deadly than cancer and heart disease? More people die per year from medical mistakes. 
lack of transparency. Fraud and cover-ups are rampant within the United Healthcare system today. A significant problem becomes the tug of war between the insurance providers, the policy payholders, and the fact that a lot of doctors upcode procedures because they're paid by percentage. Watch, ready? How much does it cost to do a cesarean in the United States? So if a female patient, right, because they call it a disease, I don't know if you know this or not, but pregnancy is an ICD-10 diagnosis. That should freak you out, first of all. Uh, doc, what do I have? Like, what's my condition? Well, it's called pregnant. And uh, there's an ICD-10 code for this. And because it's an ICD-10 code called pregnancy, a disease, did you hear that? Listen, it is diagnostic disease to be pregnant in the United Healthcare System, US. Ugh, ICD-10 pregnancy, watch. Uh, it is code Z33.1. You're diagnosed as being in a state of pregnancy. <laughs> so you get the diagnosis of being pregnant because otherwise the insurance wouldn't pay for it. And then you go and you're like, I really want to do this the right way, doc. So like, I just want to sit on the table and you know, and I'm going to let the baby come out the way God designed it. But if something happens, you can just stand there in the corner, like go ahead and have the snacks prepared, munch on your popcorn, get your chips and just wait. And I'll flag you in like, like a, a UFC wrestling, like I'm tapping out. It hurts. Come get me. Okay. So female patient goes into the hospital. I can do this. I don't want any drugs. And then, you know, what happens, right? Boo! Give me the drugs. Give me the drugs. Give me the drugs. So the anesthesiologist comes and is like, you really want this? Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Okay. So like bend over. Right. And if you've had a baby, you know this, right? That needle is not short. Jocelyn can confirm. Just, you know, like a long needle, right? Goes in your spine. It is like a half a foot long. And they go squirt, and you're like, oh, God. Now, it's an average of $10,000 for that needle to go in your back. But guess what? Most women are like, do it. The husband will figure out how to pay for it later. Do it. Now, watch this. No baby comes, okay, because you just numbed yourself down. So there's no contractions. So the doctors are like, uh, you're not progressing the way we would want you to with your disease. Your disease is not running the way it should. So we're going to do something called an emergency cesarean. If you don't have this baby by the time my tea time kicks in, uh, I don't like this. And so this is an emergency and they'll tell you it's an emergency because they'll say the baby's been in there too long. There's not enough water around it. The heart rate's going up. It's all fake guys. I'm going to be transparent. My wife's uh, water broke and we waited three days before she gave birth. So if they're right, my, both my kids should be dead and they're not, they're alive and thriving. So watch now this pregnant mom, who wanted to do it right, is numbed up from waist down, can't physically contract. Do you see how this works? So they now have to induce. And then when they do the inductions, they're squirting drugs in the nether regions. And they're like, we're going to give you 35 minutes to see if those, those uh, muscles kick in and baby comes out. They're not going to kick in because the spinal cord has been completely temporarily paralyzed by the, you know, I just lost the name of it. What is it called? Uh, the shot that shuts off. Epidural. Okay, so they give an epidural. So they go, hey, we just squirted you with all these drugs that's supposed to make the uterus contract and make the baby come out, and it didn't work. So we're going to just uh, put you out for a moment, and we're going to cut you open, C-section, 15 grand, guys, in the U.S. So you get a $10,000 shot in your back. 
You had an $8,000 induction because you had to be squirted with some hormones. And then you got a $15,000 C-section. And they don't just go, well, because we did the C-section, we'll just write off the epidural. No, you're like 33, 35 grand in the hole. This is the U.S. Now watch this. If you had that baby in South Africa where the lions are in the pride lands and like, you know, it's not as desolate as you think. South Africa is quite advanced. They have cars, microwaves, you know, like stoplights. Like they're, they're pretty good in South Africa. The total of everything would be $3,200. That should make you scratch your head and go, uh, hey, future wife, we're going to fly to Africa to give this baby a birth. Plus, you would have a citizenship for another state or state, another country, which might come in handy in the future. It just costs a lot of money to give birth in the U.S., but it costs a lot of money for everything. A shoulder surgery, for example, is like extremely high. Did you know that according to this study, hip knee replacements, apodectomies, bypass surgery, angioplasties are often 50 to 60 percent more expensive in the U.S. than they are in the neighboring countries of Canada and Mexico. Why is it so expensive? Well, the U.S. will say, we have the greatest technological advancements. Our medical records are all electronic, and we have cloud-based systems, and our doctors are highly trained. Uh, maybe. But it's the fact that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has been in bed, rolling around with the prescription pharmaceutical companies to the tune of $4.57 billion in drug spending which is 16.7% of all healthcare expenses in the United States. Do you think they, the big P, pharma, big G government, and big whoever want you to know that you can heal yourself and you don't need any drugs? Now listen to this. There is an estimate, according to the American College of Medicine, that we're going to run out of doctors soon. Do you hear that? We're so sick and we're so fat and we're so diseased that we don't have enough physicians for the people who live in the U.S. So according to the American Medical College, by 2033, there will not be enough doctors for the people who live in the U.S. So if you think it's a long time to wait six months for an appointment, wait till 2033 when you have a cough, sniffle, cold, and you're like, oh, it's getting in my lungs. I might have pneumonia. Let me call my doctor. And they're like, we can see you in 2046. And you're like, I'm going to be dead by then. And they're going to say, well, you know, like uh, you could go to Mexico and be seen tomorrow if you want. Dr. J. Stockton, MD, says this. The annual analysis continues to show that our country, the U.S., is going to face significant shortages of physicians in the years coming. The gap between the increased healthcare demands and the supply of doctors has become so evident that we have a challenge. We can't crank enough doctors out to serve the communities as the population grows and gets sicker as they get older. Did you guys hear this? The American Association of Medical Colleges reports that two in five physicians are going to reach the retirement age in the next 10 years, which will also push the supply and demand out of balance. What are they trying to say? The doctors that are currently in practice are going to retire, and the number of doctors retiring compared to the growth of the diseased people in the U.S. compared to how many come out of the mill called medical school 
isn't going to cut it. So according to the Harvard Business Review, watch this, having more doctors graduate won't solve the problem. And here's why. According to them, this is Harvard now, we have uneven care. Health consumers receiving different levels of care determined by the standard levels of quality, but their location and their insurance plans make it too difficult for people to get care. There's not enough coverage for the people who even have insurance. Many disciplines only take care of patients during the weekdays, and they have no nights or weekends. So again, the problem is, uh, doesn't your doctor close at five o'clock or four? There is a, I'm not gonna say who it is, there's a physician I know who's like, man, I close my clinic at three because I need to hit the T's. Are you really in it for the patient's doc? Limited access, lack of efficiency, and inflexibility. Listen to this. Physicians, assistants, and nurse practitioners can sometimes deliver quality care at a lower rate than your medical doctors, but most people are like, I don't want to see a PA. I want to see the MD. I want to see the head honcho. El jefe. I don't want to meet with the other one. So how do we fix this? According to these studies, guys, look, I'm reading for you from Forbes and Harvard Business and the Commonwealth Fund. How do they say we should fix the healthcare in the U.S.? And then I'm going to ask you if this is what you would do, and then I'm going to give you what you really should be doing. Number one, they say you should reduce costs and increase transparency. According to managed healthcare executives, if Americans knew how much things cost and we would lower the cost, we would be more likely to use the services. It's kind of like Apple, right? Apple puts out this pair of glasses that helps you see computer screens, and they're like, it's going to be the greatest thing on the planet. So many people are going to buy it. And Tim Cook's like, yeah, 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 let's charge $4,000 for a pair of glasses. And you know what? People are buying them, but now watch this. They're being returned like crazy because they're uncomfortable, they're heavy, and they hurt your eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, my mom was like, get away from the TV. You're, you're too close. It's going to burn your retinas. And she's always like, back up. And now they're like, put the TVs right on your eyeballs and wear them all day. Hopefully you can see where I'm going with this. We'll spend money on stuff we think we should spend money on. Ooh, I want to wear some computers around my eyes. But if you were to invest $3,400 in your healthcare the right way, you would outlive the sick, fat people wearing the Vision Pros, literally watching movies while they drive. If we could get the costs to go down and get the success rates to go up, then we'd have a better you know, output. Watch this. An elective surgery known as Lasix had a 60% success rate. So nobody would go through it because they're like, look, we're going to cut your eyeballs open and we're going to pray to God when you wake up, you can see clearly. You got a 60% chance it's going to work. And most people are like, do you want to do it? And they're like, uh, no, 60%? Like I got a 40% chance I'm going to be blind or worse off. And they're like, yeah, you do. So think about this. The laser industry for laser surgery, you know what they said? We got to get better, man. If we can get better, then people will do this. Today, it is a 93% likelihood you will walk away with 20-20 vision. So guess what? People are lining up left and right. Yeah, cut my eyeballs open and use a laser because it sounds cool and it's effective, right? And when I wake up, oh my God, I'm like an eagle eye. And it's a 93% success rate. So guess what? People are doing it left and right. Did you know 
the success rates for doctors in the United States getting rid of disease is 0.000%. (laughs) So if we could get at least a 50% chance, hey, look, you have heart disease. And if you take this drug, there's a 50% chance your heart disease will go away. If we could just get better success, people might start using. Now, again, this is the Harvard Business Review. Did you know the success rates in the U.S. for cancer curing is 2%. So if you have cancer, you have a 98% chance that doing chemo, radiation, and surgery, you're still going to die of cancer. Did you know this? Would you opt in for a business portfolio that says, hey, look, give us a million dollars and you got a 2% chance we're going to double your income and you got a 98% chance you're going to lose it all. Oh, sign me up for that. No one in their right mind would do this. But see, the doctors are not transparent They don't tell you their success rates. Think of it like this. If you were to knock on the door of your local physician and they answer and you're like, hey, doc, uh, thanks for answering my question. Um, I have diabetes. What percentage of your patients when treated don't have diabetes anymore? They would scratch their backs, stare at you for a moment and go, "Uh, we're not in that business. We manage disease. MD, didn't you know that? That's what it stands for. MD, manage disease. We don't reverse disease. If you want to reverse disease, you need to go somewhere else. Improving the inefficiencies is what they say also needs to be done. Countries that rely on private health insurance do not have administrative inefficiencies. Meaning, if you go to Japan, it's not like you have to call your insurance, who has to then call your mother, who has to verify you are who you are, who has to pre-qualify, who has to then post-qualify, who has to then say, hey, your insurance is going to kick in and take care of this at X percent. Did you know every other country under the planet, except for us, does not require pre-qualifications for your insurance to be active? Because if you live in Sweden, for example, or Japan, you just have things covered. They don't even have to ask questions. You don't have to wake up and be like, ring, ring, ring. Hey, doc, do I have the ability to have my insurance work with you? Uh, Do you live in our country? Yes. Were you born here? Yes. Then it's covered. Okay, like I'm not advocating universal health care. That is not going to fix the problem in the United States because the only way that they would advocate universal health care is put everyone on Medicare. But Medicare doesn't cover anything. So here's the answer, in my opinion. How do we fix health care? Divorce it recognize that it was never there in the first place. I read a quote once, I forget who said this, to say, to say that we have a healthcare problem would be to say that we actually have healthcare. It would be like opening your garage and being like, check out this car that I don't have and look how broken it is. So if you don't have a car, you can't say you even have a steering wheel or tires or even insurance automobile insurance. So you guys have to recognize we do not have health care. We have sickness care. We have surgeries. We have insurance that should be, I hate the term health insurance. It's not health insurance. If it was health insurance, they would pay for healthy things, but they pay for sick things and they pay for broken things. So how do we fix health care? Real, it's real simple guys. Burn your insurance cards, turn off your reoccurring memberships with Blue Cross, Aetna, United Healthcare and whatnot and invest in your health yourself. There are what are called share groups that are Christian-based that in case you have an emergency, like if I slip and fall and crack my tibia and I need it to be fused with bones and screws and plates to hold my leg together, I get reimbursed 100%.
Do I have to pay for it out of pocket? Yep. Do I get 100% reimbursement? Yep. Now watch this. I also take the responsibility that my health is mine. It's not yours. It's not my insurance. It's not my medical doctors. For me to say like, my doctor's got my back, you should be like, oh crap. He doesn't care about your back, just you know. He cares about his golf swing and his money and his cars and his wife. And that's all he cares about, his kids. He doesn't actually care about you. If he did, then he would be beck and call. And there are doctors like this, concierge doctors. You do have to pay for this. It's an annual membership fee. I'm not advocating this either because to have a drug dealer in your back pocket 24 seven is not a good idea. So you, my friend need to be the doctor. And how do we do that? You must educate yourself in how the human body works. It's not that complicated. Why do we do master classes? I like to teach people how your body designed to heal by itself. It does. It just heals by itself, but you can't have interferences. If your nervous system is interfered with, if your gut is leaking, if you're toxic, if you have nutrient imbalances, there's really only four or five things, guys, you can't heal. So what do we do? How do we fix healthcare? I think it's that when we recognize no one owns your health, but you, therefore no one should work on your health, but you, and you need a health coach. Look, if you are 22 years old and you're freaking out about retirement and you just got your first job and you're like, wow, I'm making some Benjamins. It's not a lot, but I'm making money and I want to prepare for the future. Who do you call? You don't call Ghostbusters. You call a health, I'm sorry, you call a financial advisor, right? You call someone, JP Morgan, uh, Chase, uh, whatever, Charles Schwab. You won't get Schwab on the phone, but you'll get a rep. And you know what you're going to say? Uh, I'm 22. I want to plan for the future. I'm just now making some money. I have like $500 extra a month, a week, a day, whatever. How do I do this? You know what they're going to say? Hey, come in to see us. We're going to design a plan. And the plan is going to show you how you're going to be prepared for the future. And we're only going to charge you 1%. So you get to keep 99% of everything that you get. Do we have a fee? Yes, because we're doing things you don't know. So we have a 1% fee, right? Like think how cool this would be. If you could go to a doctor and you could say, hey, doc, I don't want to get sick or I am sick and I want to get out of that sickness and I don't know what to do. So do you have like a plan that can teach me how to take care of myself? We do with the Ask Dr. Ernst Cornerstone Health Center groups. We do. We do this. Hey, doc, I'm, I'm sick, fat, overweight, obese, and I'm taking too many drugs. In fact, my urine has turned blue because I'm on so many drugs and I don't like that and I want to fix it. We have that plan too. Whoa, you need a lot of work. Like we got to clean the temple, house, whatever you want to call it out. And when we get you clean, then we want you over here preventing disease for the rest of your life. So what do we do, guys? We are health coaches, advisors. Do we have doctorates? Yes. Do we have board certifications? Yes. You have to in the United States. You can't do this legally without them. I can't even look at your blood work unless I have a medical degree, but I'm not an MD. Disclaimer. I'm not an MD, I'm not a DO, I'm a DNM, D-C-D-H-S-L-M-P. They're just acronyms to say I can help you if you want to learn how to heal yourself. Again, back to the analogy, I've got all this money left over from my paycheck and I don't just wanna put it under my mattress, I wanna do something with it, but I have no clue what to do. So you hire a financial advisor. Now ready? I've got this body, this frame, and my heart's beating, my lungs are breathing, everything's ticking inside of me, and I don't wanna get sick when I get older. So who do you go to? I didn't just freeze, I'm asking you guys a question. Online, chats, down below. Who's gonna answer it? Who do you go to if you don't want to get sick? 
if you don't want to get disease, if you don't want cancer in the future, uh, God, do we turn to God? Please, God, help, 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 help. Sure, but you guys know you have to be active in this. To wait on God means to serve. The last time I was at a restaurant, I had a waiter who was waiting on us. He wasn't sitting in the corner smoking joints and just drinking and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there in a moment. I'm waiting for God to tell me to come over to your table. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm sitting on the sofa doing nothing. No, he was actively engaging. He was coming to our table going, how can I help you? What can I get you? What do you need? What do you want? Anything else? Can I refill your water? Can I get you another drink? Can I do this? Can I do this? Serving. Do you guys get this? So how are you serving yourself? Guys, I've gone over time, but the good news is it's a special broadcast, so I can do whatever I want. So... I'm going to leave a polling question for all of you in the chats below. What are you doing to doctor yourself? And I asked this question on Facebook with a photo and I got really horrible answers. I drink water. I go exercise. I take vitamins. No, none of that has to do with your health. I want to know how are you stewarding your body? How are you removing interference in your nervous system, which runs and controls every single organ inside of your body? I get chiropractic care. Yet prove to me with your x-rays that your spine is properly aligned and your vagus nerve is clear. If you can do that, I'll give you a, a thumbs up. Number two, is your gut sealed, non-leaking? Is your TMAO off the charts? Do you have bacterial dysbiosis? Do you have a squeaky clean intestine that you could literally roll around on and not have any crud get all over you? Could you cook an egg on your gut lining and still eat it? Okay, number three. Prove to me you have no mercury, lead, aluminum, arsenic, barium, titanium, glyphosate, uh, pegs. Prove to me that you can pass a toxicity exam. You do those three things. Well done, good and faithful servant, taking care of your body and your frame. Because if you can't and you say to me, well, you know, I drink vitamin C every day. I do yoga, Pilates. Uh, I meditate. All good stuff, guys. Nothing to do with your health. All good, but nothing to do with your health. Did you hear me? Zero, zilch, nada. I know a lot of yoga studio owners who are dying of heart attacks. I know a lot of CrossFit gym owners who are dying of heart disease and cancers. You are the doctor. Don't let outside things reflect what your body's doing on the inside. Is your nervous system free and clear and unobstructed inside? Is your gut sealed and healed inside? Do you have no toxins inside. I guarantee you, if you can say yes to all three of those with proof, then you would be teaching what I teach. You would be healthy and you would revolutionize healthcare in the U.S. when people become their own doctors. There it is. I said it. We have 364 million doctors running around that have no clue that they can do it by themselves. Hey, a couple things for announcements. Number one, I think, I pray, I hope I'm on the air next Saturday. But that's also the day of our masterclass. So like, uh, I hope you guys have registered. Okay. Three, nine next Saturday, 10 AM in the morning. Please join me. I don't have diabetes. Dr. Ernst, should I still show up? Yes. How do you know you don't have diabetes? Well, my doctor said I don't. They're clueless and idiots. I had a patient who literally had an A1C of 5.7, which is diagnostic pre-diabetes. And she said straight to my face, I don't have diabetes. I don't, I don't have diabetes. And I'm like, y you do. It's just early stage, stage one. Well, my doctor says I don't have it. They're wrong, physically wrong. Well, Dr. Ernst, I don't believe you. Well, okay. You don't have to believe me. I'm not asking you to believe me. 
Your body is designed to heal by itself, but it can't if it's interfered with. Join me for the masterclass next Saturday. You guys are going to love it. I've redesigned the entire thing, like the entire thing. The PowerPoints I used before, I burned them and I made new ones. So you're going to love this one. Brand spanking new just for you. But you have to click above or below to register. Or as you see the screen effects, it'll say text your name and your info to this phone number. Do it. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in for the Ask Dr. Earn Show. We come live at you every Saturday, no matter if we're on the airway or not. And make sure you like this page, whatever page you're on. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff. Monday morning motivation, Wednesday wisdom nuggets, Friday fun facts, testimonial Tuesdays, I think it is. I don't know what Thursday is, but it'll be something fun. And all you have to do is just subscribe. Look, I've sent out thousands of invites to our Facebook and Instagram followers, but yet a lot of you have not accepted the invite, which makes me go like, I don't understand. I said, hey, do you want to learn how to heal yourself and do it basically for free? And you went, nah, I'm not interested. So if you go to your notifications and you see Ask Dr. Ernst has invited you, just hit accept. It's that easy. It's that easy. All right. I got to run. I am over for my next appointment. But guys, have a beautiful day today, and we'll see you next week. Until then.